0: How's uh, how's dual wielding dogs these days? Oh man, uh, the
1: last week and a half has been at least one sick dog, if not two sick dogs, with like diarrhea, pooping every three hours or so. No, around the clock. No.
0: Yeah. So you're you're like uh, energized and well rested for this. <laughs> Happy
1: Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs>
0: to episode 451 of the Design Details Podcast. We're back.
1: I'm Brian Lovin, And I'm Marshall Bach. Welcome back to another hey, episode. Yeah. Uh, what do we got on the docket for today, Brian? I mean, Marshall, what else is there to talk about?
0: <laughs> except for the thing that is consuming all of our attention and mental bandwidth, which is, is Twitter going to exist next week, right? Yep. We're a month in. We're a month into this little escapade, this adventure, and Twitter is somehow still standing. I feel optimistic, but we're going to talk about that. And then in the sidebar, uh, we're going to be digging into AI and its place in product design. Ooh, <laughs> All right. Well, let's get right into it. First of all, we have a golden ratio supporter. It's Catch. Hey. Catch asks, why you, dear listener, did you become a freelancer? Was it for freedom? Was it for flexibility? Well, it probably was not because you wanted to manage your own health insurance, taxes, and retirement. Catch can do all of that for you. They offer benefits and personal payroll for the self-employed. They let you shop for health insurance the same way you shop for a flight. You can compare across carriers, find the best prices, makes it easy to renew your current plan, find a better one, or even enroll for the first time. They're ACA compliant. They work on behalf of you to get you tax credits. that can save you hundreds of bucks on your monthly premium. Their average savings are $350 a month. So if you are a freelancer, what are you waiting for? Make sure you're covered for 2023 and go to catch.co slash design details slash health or click the link in the show notes to renew your health coverage or find a better plan you got to do it before december 15th so if you're listening to this now do it now there you Mm -hmm. go freelancers catch.co slash design details slash health Thank you, Catch. Thanks, Catch. We also have some new very important pixels. Ooh. Welcome to the family. It's the right It's the right month to be stepping into the, the hot tub of design details,
1: friends and family, uh, yeah. because it's getting a little chilly out, Marshall. This is hot yeah. tub weather, if you ask me. <laughs> exactly. You know what? A, a hot tub is just that much better when it's cold out, right?
0: Well, we've been making this joke about like, welcome in, the water's warm, come into the hot tub. But we were making that joke like, in July and August and stuff. Like nobody <laughs> wants to hot tub in July, right? That's <laughs> the incorrect month to be hot tubbing.
1: Do you want so. to sweat around a bunch of other people?
0: <laughs> you want to get sweaty in a bucket of water? Anyways, we have some new very important pixels. Welcome to the fam, Mira Young, Tom Misiak, James Karthu, Mike Moss, Connor Lindsay, and
1: Pavel Matchek. Welcome, hey. welcome, welcome. Welcome. The water is warm, especially with cold air. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so which hemisphere you're in, I guess. That is true. That is true. Yeah. We should um not be so
0: bold in our assumption that our listeners are in the northern hemisphere. Yeah, in July, it was cold. You know. Apologies to our southern hemisphere brethren. Our hot tub spirits go out to you in these troubling <laughs> times where it's hot down there. <laughs> uh, okay. Enough hot tub jokes. If you didn't know, we're a listener-supported podcast, which means that designers from around the world, in all hemispheres,
1: all two of them. I guess there's east and west, too. It's just different ways of divvying it up, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. D- designers in all hitherto-forementioned
0: uh, hemispheres of planet Earth, join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash design details where they for just $1 a month. Just a buck a month? Just a buck a month. They get access to bonus content. We call that bonus content the sidebar. Sidebar, sidebar. It is an extra episode. It, uh, you know, splits up those gaps in between our main episodes where you might be hankering for a little more design details in your ear holes. You can grab it on Patreon, get access to that sidebar. This week we're talking about AI and its place in product design. And uh, at this point, probably got 100 sidebars backlogged. So if you mm-hmm. sign up today, just a buck a month, you're going to get access to a treasure trove of old design <laughs> details content, content,
1: content. A dragon's horde of us talking. Yes, a dragon's horde.
0: So head to patreon.com slash design details and support us for just a buck a month. Get on, listen to that backlog and catch that bonus, bonus content going forward. So thank you everyone for supporting the show. Thank you to our new Very Important Pixels. And with that, we continue. Marshall, Twitter implodes, question mark? Yeah, that was the bullet point I wrote. (laughs) The bullet point on our show notes. Twitter implodes, question mark. Uh Um, I'm curious in particular for your perspective in the last few weeks, because you have really steadily over the course of the last, I'd say, year and a half, wound down your participation on Twitter. You're basically... Not on there anymore. Yeah. So you probably have a little more distance here emotionally from all the chaos of the last month. I'm curious your perspective on. I guess you know the design conversation here is perhaps just really about the blue check mark, right? Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, and that was kind of like as all this stuff was going down and and questionable decisions being made and everything. One of the things that kind of stood out to me is like, could you actually could you actually make that work? Could you actually make paying for a checkmark work in a way like what there's a design problem there of like, uh-huh. you know, the, they immediately had to make like an official different checkmark uh-huh. to, to differentiate between. So now I got two checkmarks and now uh-huh. the blue checkmark doesn't mean anything or it's just like one level of something. So there's a design problem there. And I wonder if that's like a solvable one.
0: Yeah, I think it's solvable. There were so many, uh, obviously unsolicited redesigns from folks in the design community playing around with different Icons, colors, labels, placements, ways to try and solve this. I feel like I don't know. You and I probably won't necessarily solve it on the podcast because there's probably a, a million pieces of context that we don't have access to. But I feel like uh-huh. we could still guessing game our way through some of the
1: obvious stuff, right?
0: Yeah. You want to try it?
1: <laughs> yeah, and actually, you know, a quick sidebar outside of the sidebar, sidebar, sidebar. <laughs> <laughs> um, I. Fell victim to the thing that we have perpetrated many a time before, Brian, which is. Which is you know, what? Well, last episode we mentioned that I've been working on a big YouTube redesign or some updates to some stuff. And I got an unsolicited redesign. Somebody made a YouTube video <gasps> of an unsolicited redesign of the work that, that I'd helped do. Uh, so it's really interesting to be like, oh, you don't know about this. Like, you can't do that because you don't. But you don't know about it. So how would you know, right? But here, uh,
0: okay. Actually, can can I sidebar your sidebar? I feel like that's please. an interesting conversation. Yeah, okay, side, We'll, side we'll come back. Let's we'll like, come back to this. Like Twitter PPS, channels, right? So this is the thing about unsolicited redesigns, right? Like when people do an unsolicited redesign and they show it to you as a person who works at the company you immediately see all of the reasons that it couldn't work because of system x or country z or um, legal constraints j whatever mm-hmm. or we tried straight. it and it didn't perform well or whatever yeah so that that those maybe those things aside all the other stuff like organizational constraints operational constraints legal constraints I feel like there's a ton of value in the unsolicited redesign for imagining a world without those constraints. And I wonder how you viewed that YouTube video where someone was redesigning your work, where I could imagine it's very easy to be dismissive of the suggestions like, nope, this person doesn't have the context versus being like, damn, we should fight harder to remove that constraint. So I'm curious how you... Mm. parsed that because it seems like that's the beauty of the unsolicited redesign is imagining a world without certain constraints that is a nice reminder for the people working there, or at least it could be if it was a thoughtful unsolicited redesign what do you think
1: well yeah i mean i definitely went into watching the video with the fear of like i know it's not perfect i know there are places where it could be better is he going to point out those things? And most of the things that he pointed out were, were things like either he got wrong or like, oh, we can't do that because that would have knock-on effects that would be really bad for metrics. And we've tried that before and it doesn't, it doesn't work, right? Uh, but none of them were, were like, I, I was worried that he would point out something glaringly obvious that we had all missed that would just be like, oh my God, how did we ship this and not think of that, right? But there was there, luckily there was none of that. And all of it was like very thoughtful, like, yeah, yeah, that, that would be a, a good choice if you didn't know any better, right?
0: Mm, okay. Were there any ideas in that unsolicited redesign that you found inspiring that you wanted to go and noodle further on?
1: Um, there, there's, there's some things, gosh, I don't want to say too much, but yeah, there's some things where it's like, yeah, yeah, get into it. <laughs> so, oh, okay, yeah. cool, cool.
0: Yeah, I feel like, okay, so coming back to the Twitter thing, did you want to do an unsolicited redesign of Twitter at some point? Has that ever crossed your mind?
1: Oh, not of Twitter.
0: I feel like just the Twitter profile header, like just the profile header would be a fascinating
1: piece of UI to like start nudging things around, right? Here's the thing though, Brian, like I the reason I wouldn't want to do it is cuz I know that everything is probably where it's got to be <laughs> based on everything <laughs> that needs to go somewhere, right? <laughs> That's that's a very um that's
0: a very I don't know defeatist point of view of the state of like software design
1: right. It's like well, things are the way they are. Well, okay, I think I've told this story on the show before, but I'll I'll say it again for uh, educational purposes. Uh, when I first joined YouTube, I was on the gaming team, and we had a separate app. And I was like, oh, I have an opportunity to like redesign the player and the watch page and do all this different stuff. Like, I can do better. And the more I looked at it, the more I learned about it. The deeper I got into it, I was like, "Well, yeah, okay. This, yeah, that does have to be there. Well, fuck, okay. If that's there, then this has to be there." All right, now I'm back <laughs> uh-huh. where they, I'm back where yeah. I started, where yeah. they ended. Yeah. Right. So, a lot of the main pages on Twitter. We already do on YouTube. I've already like played around with exploring redesigning them before. Like the, our channel pages are basically a profile page, right? Uh-huh. Our posts are basically tweets. So uh-huh. um, I feel like I've I've pushed those pieces around enough on my own to kind of land at basically the same place where they would land. So like, no, I, I don't want to do a unsolicited redesign of Twitter because. I'd probably just end up back basically where they are, unless I did something <laughs> drastically different yeah. and threw away entire principles or business metrics or whatever. Right? Yeah, but I think that's the, the way to co- do it. Same right? constraints, yeah,
0: but that's the way to discover something interesting. I remember. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah.
1: So <laughs> I saw a
0: funny tweet about this whole Elon Musk situation, which was Elon Musk is like a designer who joins a company and in their first three months thinks they can do everything better than the previous designers did for the last 10 years. Mm hmm. And I have 100% done that. Mm-hmm. Probably came across like an overconfident jackass, mm-hmm. but I still advocate for that, that process. I mean, Elon's just happens to be doing it from the seat of the CEO versus like me, a junior designer at Facebook, who everyone else is like, hey, maybe you shouldn't do that bad thing that you've just designed. But for example, at GitHub, when I joined, I happened to have a lot of downtime and I redesigned GitHub with very little understanding of all of the different constraints. And it was kind of fucking awesome because mm-hmm. not knowing how anything worked meant I came up with like very weird and different interaction models and layouts and navigation and and things that clearly shouldn't work in the product. But there were these tiny little decisions or tiny little ideas that we kept revisiting in the subsequent years. So like that at first few month naive state of mind of like not having become boxed in by the the culture of you know what what we've tried before and what came before and how everything works together mm-hmm. was really freeing and valuable. So, anyways, I feel like Elon Musk is there, except instead of getting blocked by like a mid level PM, he just gets to like steamroll his way through. So,
1: right. Well, I mean, this is it's messy, like, right? It's I, messy. I, I think we've described. I think I've described this on the show before as like the concept car versus the production car, where it's like,
0: yeah, if you've yeah. ever been
1: to a car show, the concept cars there are buck wild right they got all these cool features and stuff and actually cars today are starting to look like concept cars from like 15 20 years ago which is really cool but they're out there and they make some weird decisions and they throw aside some constraints and like by the time that same concept car like the namesake of that concept car has made its way through all of the design reviews and regulations and blah 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 to the production car it is a pale comparison to the cool shit that you saw on the car show floor right Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and when you take away all of the regulations and all those reviews and everything (laughs) and you just ship the concept car like it's pretty fucking cool and you end up with like something that's totally different than you would end up shipping normally and i think that's a really healthy thing to like do concept car explorations and stuff but shipping it is, is scary because you end up like, well, okay, uh, we don't have rearview mirrors anymore. We're just going to rely on these cameras. Hope that doesn't <laughs> go wrong. Right. Um, what could go wrong?
0: Yeah. 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 Okay. So then let's, let's bring it all the way back to the beginning. How would you solve the blue checkmark verification, but you also got to sell it
1: somehow. You got to make money from this thing. Okay. So there's a couple different ways. And here's why I, questioned whether this is even solvable is because I don't think either of these really scratches the itch that is trying to be scratched here. But um, so one thing you could do is you could just repurpose the Twitter blue Logo that big bold B, uh-huh. and instead of a checkmark, if you're a Twitter Blue user, you get the blue B after your name. It's not a badge with a checkmark, but
0: it's like similar enough that it could trick people who are scrolling by to like right. not
1: realize. <laughs> it's, it's an additional yeah. badge that can't be faked. Right, you can't like make it an emoji as part of your name or something like that. So like it's uh-huh. it's yeah. official. But it's different, but it still is eye-catching. it's still as eye catching. It's the same color as the check mark or whatever. So at first glance, it's like a step above someone with no badging. So that was the first place that my mind went. Another place you could go is like the color of the check mark, like, you know, use just the text color of whatever the name is, black or white, depending on the theme and just make the verified badge that color so it is an additional badge but it doesn't have the bright blue color that's the official one right those are the two main ones that sprung to my mind what were you thinking
0: yeah i think i probably gravitate towards like a different icon and you probably if you have the real verified blue badge i don't think you need to show two icons i think like the ver. The real verifies should trump the fact that you're paying for something.
1: It's a spectrum with nothing and then something in the middle that is Twitter blue and then verified at the top.
0: Yeah, I just think the whole thing is (laughs) the whole thing is built on a bad premise, right? Like if you look at the feature list of Twitter blue, like all of the benefits are to you, the account holder. They're local. Um, Yeah. Not to anybody else, right? Like you can upload longer videos, you can rearrange your tab bar, you can edit your tweets. Some of the, I guess, outcomes of that, like the edited status maybe appears in feed, but it's not, it's very different than like, I don't know, like a a Twitch subscription where like you're paying to get like more visual, visceral, emotive things in chat. It's just not the same with Twitter Blue. You know, the promises of fewer ads, the promises of having your content rank higher in other people's feeds. Like I just don't feel like those are things that are worth having a badge for because the badge is about signaling something. In this case, it's just like signaling that you paid money. So I don't know, the whole the whole thing gets me off on the wrong foot when the original premise was like. Obviously verification, is this person real? It just seems like Twitter's underlying verification strategy was so busted. Like it was clearly biased. I think there's lots of stories coming out of people paying for them and like probably some corruption and people withholding check marks from certain people. Or, mm-hmm. you know, nah, I, like sure. yeah, at some point I tried to get verified and like I didn't qualify for verification. And it's crazy, right? Like it's crazy that you, a human being, can't verify that you're you're a human being. But again, that wasn't the purpose of the feature. The purpose was to right. eliminate impersonation of public figures, and most people just aren't public figures. So, anyways, like hijacking all of that to make eight bucks a month to provide single player benefits just feels like going about it all wrong. So, if I had to pick an option, it would be your first one, which is don't abuse the trust and credibility that is probably no longer exists, but it, at some point existed for that blue checkmark icon. It meant something in popular culture. It meant something on Twitter. I wouldn't abuse that. I'd leave it alone. I would probably go with your suggestion to have the different logo, the B icon, as an indicator that this person has upgraded and is premium or pro or paying money for this thing. Ideally, though, it should un- it should unlock benefits that other people actually care about. Like You can display to other people, right? Like You should be able to set your Cover photo as a video or something on your profile. I don't know. Just like do random shit like that, that other people will see and encounter and be like, damn, I wish I could upgrade so I could be more expressive like that. Right. Uh, but no, it's all like you can edit your own tab bar. Or you're going to see fewer ads. It's just stuff that doesn't impact other people. So, well, and
1: I think that's why the check mark was even on the tables because it's it's a thing to envy. It, yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, that's
0: why this, I don't think it's going to work because overnight the the meaning of that
1: symbol just exactly way right that's what i'm saying and that's why i don't think this is solvable because i think anything you do here either it dilutes the meaning of the original or it doesn't scratch the itch of the person who wants to feel like they're special too yeah yeah
0: it's funny though because i noticed that my behavior so in twitter in your notification center you know how they do roll-ups? Like if five people follow you, they roll them up into one notification. Yeah, yeah, like a bundle. Yeah, yeah. so they bundle that. And the way it works is that anybody who's verified, they will prioritize that person in the list. I'm 99% sure this is true. Hmm. I always just assumed
1: that the biggest avatar was the most recent. I don't think so. I think they actually prioritize
0: verified. Because it used to be the case. Like if, if people followed me and I saw a blue badge, you'd be like, fuck, like someone who is verified followed me. Like that means something. But now you see the badge all the time. Like a lot of the people following me are, are badged because their they're Twitter blew or they got into that system somehow. I thought it shut down though. It's like, didn't it get turned off after like it's, a it's few it's days? Been, it's been off and on. Yeah. 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 But I, I remember experiencing that where I would see like my pals with the verified check mark and they aren't public figures. And it really messed with my brain because like I'd been so conditioned to treat that symbol in a certain way. And now that symbol doesn't mean anything anymore. So I don't know. I think more, more damage was caused than value created, but I guess we'll see how it shakes out.
1: Yeah. All right. So where do we go from here, Brian? Like if Twitter is no longer the place to go for hearing people's thoughts, where do we go, Brian?
0: Yeah. (laughs) It's kind of sad to think about the world without Twitter in a weird way. Like. It's become so much a part of culture. In fact, <laughs> I was talking with my dad about this, and he was just mentioning, because he doesn't use Twitter, but obviously he watches the news and pays attention to, to US politics, and he was just amazed at how how much Twitter plays a role in the announcement of things like policy changes, like you hear about those the tweet first, right? Like in the reporting, it's always so-and-so tweeted that this law passed or something. And I'm sure there was like some AP News official pre-report, but the real announcement is the tweet. It's like imagining a world without that is, is kind of weird. But there are these alternatives spinning up, and as they spin up, I feel very old, Marshall. <laughs> I feel very old. Hmm.
1: Or do you feel young again? No, I feel old. percent. No, right all right, all right.
0: So the first reason is, is a bad one, which is uh, the feeling of fear that a thing you have invested so much time into is going away and the dread of having to reinvest just as much time into a new thing. So for me, I've been on Twitter for years and years and years and years and years and, years, and like have made friends on there and have found jobs. And it has become a place where I connect with the design community and like, recreating that from scratch on a different website with different usernames and different interactions. I'm like, I just don't feel like I have the time or energy to do that. But then the second part of me that feels old is when I look at the actual alternatives. And really the only one, I mean, there's been several in the last few weeks, but the main one people are talking about and trying is Mastodon, Mm -hmm. which we should talk about. Uh Uh, Again, very complicated (laughs) feelings about Mastodon. Uh But the more time I try and understand it, the more I'm just like, Damn, centralized social media is so simple. Like It's so much better. Um, In some ways, yeah. And I don't know how I feel about myself feeling that way because I understand all the problems of centralized social media. But as soon as I try a decentralized solution, I think it sucks. I think it's really bad and confusing and I don't think it's going to work. And so that's why I feel old is because my default reaction was pessimism not optimism. Whereas I feel like a younger version of me might have been more optimistic that the new thing, the new decentralized thing is the way of the future. And there's a real chance for it to work and I should go try it and invest time into it. So anyways, I don't know, maybe this makes me just sound <laughs> washed out or I don't know. How do you, how do you, does any of this resonate with you or have you managed to like, hold on to that spark of no, like there's still opportunity to improve all this. Maybe decentralized is the way, how do you feel?
1: Okay. Well, I'm, I'm of two minds. Um, well, first, maybe let's uh, reenact what happened earlier before we started <laughs> okay. recording. We were talking about this a little bit, mentioned Mastodon, and you are like, have you uh, signed up for Mastodon yet? I was like, no, I haven't tried to create an account. Go do that. Okay. <laughs> go and... Go. Go. create a Mastodon account and see see how far you get. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I searched Mastodon. Turns out it's Mastodon.social. Okay, click on that. Create account, and I get a dialogue saying yeah you can't actually create an account. you gotta do it on like a different <laughs> server and then uh-huh. but th- don't worry, you can still see all this stuff and like it'll be fine and like it'll be like you're here, but you won't be here. You can even run everything yourself, but that's not scary anyways. Click this button and uh be confronted with a huge grid of options to choose from but like at that point, I was a little bit overwhelmed I was like yeah i don't I don't think I'm gonna go any further. I think this is the end of the funnel for me, yeah, that's about as far as I made it, yeah, yeah, yeah. so that's like one half of it, but the other half is I'm old, Brian, like I'm forty <laughs> now, and that means that I was around in the nineties when all this shit was getting started. I remember being on m i r c and like going into like hashtag chat rooms talking with friends fucking a s l like I remember all that shit, which is basically what Mastodon is or <laughs> it seems like, like going back to. Yeah. So that's why I was like, "Or do you feel young again because it's like, oh yeah, I know how this works. This is how it used to be."
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah, and this is where where I think
0: I feel torn because there were so many beautiful things about the way it used to be, right? Like the the forum days of old were really cool ways to connect with people with shared interests. Where the norms of that community were to show up and talk about the thing that the community was built around, and there was always like a thread called off-topic where you Mm -hmm. could dump all your other other bullshit, but like the the rest of the forum was a safe haven for conversations about that thing. Whereas you just can't get that delineation of interest-based content in Twitter. So in in that respect, I'm excited. I'm like. Okay, cool. We can go back to a world where we can get together and talk about our what we have in common and not have to parse through
1: all of the the things that we don't have in common. Right? Mhm.
0: Well, an interesting
1: uh, part of that too is that there was like no social hierarchy. Like it didn't matter. There was no following or anything. It was just There's like, like ca- ca- karma or, or something. Like there was always like the number of posts or
0: comments you'd created, right? And like
1: Oh. Yeah, the forum maybe forum admins some would always
0: have like the tens
1: of thousands, and you'd be like, damn, that person has a lot <laughs> mm-hmm. of time on their hands. Yeah. I don't know. I I was like 13 at the time or whatever. But like, I just remember uh, randomly going through different chat rooms and ending up talking to people and then ended up going back and like, you just kind of see the same people around the same time every day. Right. And you just, uh, just end up t- chatting with random fucking people that you've never met before and you will never meet. And there's not even a topic or whatever. It's just like a that. That's an interesting way of I mean, I guess that's like live chat now, but uh, it's an interesting way of doing social interactions when there's no like creator on stage for everybody to talk about.
0: Uh huh. Uh-huh. I just don't know how you solve this this decentralization problem. Like, so Mastodon. Okay, let's let's make some assumption that Mastodon is the future. Like, we're going decentralized. I just don't know how you get over this barrier for the common person. Where step one is pick a server. Uh-huh. Even the word, right? Like uh-huh. server is like the dorkiest thing you could ever name something.
1: The very top of the uh, page when you when you click through the dialogue. The headline is getting started with Mastodon is easy. <laughs> then the t- tagline, take a that server. That is a yeah. lie. Yeah. It goes into yeah. servers. <laughs> There's like server hardware illustrations. Yeah, yeah. Nope. 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 I can't even so, set up a Minecraft server, dude. Like, what the, you know, but maybe that's the audience, right? Well, that's like, what I'm, I think yeah. that's actually f- fine. Like,
0: it seems like a lot of great technologies sort of evolve out of something that was maybe originally created for and marketed towards computer people like us, right? Like technologists and designers and programmers, like that was the internet was academia, right? And then obviously everyone adopted it. I wonder if there's just the same cycle here. We're like, yeah, ha ha ha. It's kind of clunky that it says pick a server, but we're going to like smooth over this user experience to the point where that concept becomes so approachable to somebody that Oh, I, I have an account and I can move it between these like spaces. And the space has uh a different theme and a group of people and different content, but I can take that content between spaces or I could create my own space, click here to create your own space and it spins up a server for you. I don't know. Like I can imagine a world where that becomes easier and I probably don't fully understand how any of this works, but we're still in that like awkward, clunky like the marketing
1: is for developers, and so it's just not gonna be mainstream, right? Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of funny. Google Plus, if you remember that product, I do started off as, you know, a a Facebook like social media website, but eventually it evolved into kind of a topic based interest based social media site, right? Where it wasn't about your friends and your social graph. It was about your interests and finding other people that you've never met before and making connections around a common interest. See, Google Plus was really interesting. I remember when it came out, it was really
0: fun. I remember like setting up my circles and I really liked that idea, right? Like you have these circles for different ki- kinds of conversations you want to have and you can like post mm-hmm. different messages to those. And and Twitter has inched their way there with Twitter Circle where you can have one uh, group of like trusted people that see a different set of your your tweets. And obviously Google Plus didn't work and it just became really clear to me I, I trying to remember exactly what it felt like but it was just too much work like every time you had a thought you're like who do i want to see this thought Uh and when you don't have that decision when you can just tweet and everybody sees every one of your thoughts it's just way fucking easier and then when one of your thoughts goes viral it's like "Ooh, damn that was fun and that would never happen in a in a circled world right so i understand the allure of having controls like that and the allure of having, uh, in this case, a decentralized model where you have these different spaces. But it's just too fun and easy to be able to share something that gets lots of likes from people across all of your, I don't know, social bubbles, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that dopamine hit. That dopamine hit is real. All right, well, anything else you want to talk about here on the the Twitter stuff? I think we talked about check marks, we talked about unsolicited redesigns, and we talked about, maybe some of the the interesting design headwinds facing the alternative platforms. Yeah. Anything I'll else? Think,
1: uh, I'm sure I'll think of something later, but yeah. yeah. follow up.
0: <laughs> well, let's turn it over to, to everyone listening. So if you're listening and you're shouting into your phone or computer, or wherever you're listening to us on, and you're like, these dummies don't know anything about anything with social media or decentralization or Mastodon, let us know. Shoot us a message. Tweet mm-hmm. at us. We can include it in next week's follow-up. We're here to learn even though I admittedly feel old about all this. Stuff. So, okay, you want to you wanna do some cool things and
1: get let's, out of here, Marshall? Let's do some cool things. You got a bunch, so why don't you go first? I'm cheating,
0: yeah. It's just been a few weeks since we recorded, right? Like we did Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and then we're on a weird schedule now. So I've just been bundling a bunch of cool things. So this week, my cool things are a TV show, a video game, and a movie, the trifecta.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. Well, this first, I, I know the second two and the first one didn't ring a bell until I just looked at it again. And I realized that my Apple TV has been hawking yeah. this fucking show at me relentlessly <laughs> for weeks. So, okay, Well, the tell first me about
0: one it. is actually a twofer because it's a book and a TV show. So Ooh, I'm actually getting right. the quadfecta here, not just the trifecta. <laughs> wow. You
1: got to get an app in there too.
0: Oh yeah. I need an app. I need a, an album.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. music album. Oh, I got the yeah. album this week. So. Okay, good, good.
0: All right, so Shantaram. It is a book that is now also a television show produced by Apple Plus, or Apple TV Plus, sorry. And I read, like, I think I read half the book in 2014 or something. Oh, okay. I, I know I didn't finish, I just didn't, but I remember I liked it. So when the show came out, I was like, oh shit, I, that's familiar, I'll, I'll check it out. And the show's great, and it made me pick up the book again, and now I'm, Way further than I ever got in the book. Um, it's a very, very long book. It's like eight or nine hundred pages, and I think I'm on like five hundred or something. Hmm. And the book is also really, really good. So what's the what's the tagline? Um, it is fiction, but the beats are based on a guy's real life, which is in the '80s. This person, the author and main character, was a criminal in Australia, junkie, drug user and went to prison, broke out of prison, goes to Bombay, India, and becomes immersed in that world and ends up living in the slums and has lots of adventures and encounters with uh, the organized crime world in Bombay. And so the book is fucking incredible. It's so good. And the TV show, I think, is pretty good. The TV show is very very different than the book lots of different beats um and, and like the way the storylines happen chronologically is very different but still very enjoyable and it's on a weekly release cadence i think they're up to like 10 episodes now so we're we're keeping up so that's good uh but let's keep going second thing on my list is god of war ragnarok mm-hmm. on playstation the Marshall, sequel did, did you play god of war any of the god of wars but particularly- i played the first one
1: yeah Okay. Oh, the first one. Damn. Well, no, no, sorry, the the one before this
0: one. Oh, oh, the fourth one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think the, it's the reboot. The fourth. The reboot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What? Um, any interest in God of War Ragnarok?
1: Um, I didn't finish the first one. Uh, um, okay. I'll probably watch you know, a recap of the story okay. of the second one.
0: Cool. Well, uh, it's a great video game. It's very very pretty, and it's a really, again, every time I play a new game now, I can't help but pay attention to all of the design elements of the onboarding and how they you know, progressively mm. disclose Tutorials, new controls yeah. and new moves and how mm-hmm. all the skill trees work and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a very funny design element that they introduced into the new menu system that is very, very bad and confusing, which is, uh, it'll be hard to describe this in words, but basically imagine a vertical list where you have an icon and a word for like weapon, armor, accessory, enchantments, that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. They put a big vertical divider that splits the icon from the list. Oh. So it looks as though the icon is a separate list of menu items, mm. but it is one... Li- anyways, okay. Hmm. Anyone who's played God of War will know what I'm talking about because it's a weird, weird menu design. Anyways, great game. Uh, <laughs> third cool thing, so Marshall, this week I think exclusively this yeah, week you can see yeah. the new Knives Out Glass Onion movie in yeah. theaters, and Effie and I went and saw
1: it. Oh, uh, okay. I don't want to know anything other than <laughs> if it's uh, if it lives up to the first one and if you liked it.
0: Well, I feel like. I don't want to set any expectations, right? Like that's the beauty of these kinds of things, especially for you is going in with no expectations. Well, Um,
1: I have, I saw the first movie. Like I didn't have any expectations for Knives Out, but I have Knives Out level expectations for Glass Onion. (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, you, you have very high expectations because Knives Out was incredible. Um, That's what I'm asking. Did it live up to the first? And did you like it? Like, well, if you really want to know, different questions. okay.
0: So I liked it. It was not as good as the first. Okay. Here's what the movie did for me, though: is it reaffirmed for me that I think murder mystery is my favorite movie genre. Mm. It is. Dude, so I just fun. watched
1: Gosford Park the other day. I'd never heard of it. It's it's like a. It's got so many famous people in it. But yeah, it's like a 90s movie about early, probably like early 1900s England. Like upstairs, downstairs type shit. Okay. You know, so there's like a a big dinner party and the owner mm. of the mansion dies. Who did it? Uh-huh. Was it one uh-huh. of the fancy people upstairs or one of the servants downstairs? Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. Or Agatha cool. Christie. Yeah, yeah. Like Agatha Christie stuff. Like that's
0: my jam now. Love um, it. yeah. And so Knives Out, I don't know, top five. Love that movie. Glass mm. Onion won't be top 5, but it's fucking murder mystery. It's great. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, did you guess it? Well, here's here's the best here's the best murder mystery outcome or for me at least is you guess it like moments or throughout the story you're you're figuring out the next step right before the detective does, right? Uh, so we're going to have not-
0: to when you see this, so it'll be out on Netflix in December, you and I are going to have to debrief because the way that they tell the story almost doesn't let you do that it's very weird
1: hmm okay all right i don't want to spoil anything no yeah yeah that's that's plenty okay cool so is it shantaram how do you pronounce it i think shantaram shantaram i don't know that sounds more correct like less Shant- shantaram Sh- Sh- shantaram hard a's on everything that's like <laughs> I classic have, American. i should have known better uh, but once i did the first a i had to do the second a that way anyways uh shantaram <laughs> god of war Ragn- Ragnarok, um and, <laughs> yeah. uh, glass onion cool things brian yeah all right what you got for me round us out with an album all right yeah i have a single album uh I've mentioned Quadeca on the show before. He is a YouTube rapper, was a YouTube rapper, which is usually like kind of the kiss of death. Like nobody takes uh, YouTube rappers seriously. So what's been really interesting about Quadeca is his, uh, or watching his career is he's gone from kind of like shitty diss track YouTube rapper to this really mature artist creating incredible soundscapes, producing everything himself. And his most recent album, I think, is his best work. Uh, His last album, From Me to You, was really good. But this is taking what that did a step further. The concept of the album... Oh, the album is called I Didn't Mean to Haunt You. And the concept of the album is... uh, The first song starts after the narrator has committed suicide and regrets it basically immediately. And the whole... Album is him becoming accustomed to living in the world without being able to talk to anybody or affect anything, watching his loved ones go through his things and grieve and mourn. Dude, not this sounds like the saddest album it's, on the face of Earth. It's eternity. a vibe. Yeah, you got it. Oh my God. <laughs> you got to be in a mood. Well, it'll put you in a mood if you're not in the mood already. Jeez. But like,
0: um, yeah, I don't think I'm ready for this.
1: Holy yeah, shit. like watching his mom cry for him. And like, there's an entire song about like, you know, comparing being dead and watching his mom grieve for him as like to being born. Anyways, uh, it's excellent. There's um, a, only a few features on the album, but. One of them is Danny Brown, who is very counterintuitive based on mm-hmm. like what I've said mm-hmm. so far. But mm-hmm. he raps, uh, I'll, I'll spoil this. There's a song where the narrator debates killing his mother to have someone with him on the other side. And Danny Brown raps a verse from the perspective of carbon monoxide that's filling the house. Oh my god! It's pretty fucking amazing. (laughs) Okay. Um, Okay. And one of the other um, features is the Sunday Service Choir, Uh who are amazing. He got them on like the last or one of the last tracks of the album, but it's great. Uh, Like it's a sonic journey, very poignant and and sad without being melodramatic. I think I think from me to you, his last album got a little bit over-the-top melodramatically kind of don't take it seriously this one is like if you're in the vibe of the album and like thinking of the concept as you like listen to the lyrics a lot of lyrics are even like buried in the mix like you almost can't tell what he's saying a lot of the time but yeah anyways fantastic album i think it's probably my album of the year I uh, oh, highly wow. recommend it. Okay. It's very, Damn. very good. It's a, it's like a masterpiece of self-production. Like the kid is like 22 or 23 or something like that. It's stupid. Damn. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Link in the show notes. Link in the show notes. All right. Let's get out of here, Brian. Get over to that sidebar. Yeah. Sidebar time. This has been episode 451
0: of the Design Details podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Let us know what you thought. We're always on Twitter at Design Details FM tweet at us slide into those dms and if you're enjoying the show and want to hear more go to patreon.com slash design details where for just a buck a month just a buck a month you can get access to the sidebar 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 and uh today we're talking about ai and its place in design so we'll catch you in the sidebar and if uh for whatever reason you're not a patron i guess we'll catch you next time in the main episode all right bye-bye bye-bye All right. Bye-bye. Oh wait. I, I stole your bye-bye thunder.
1: That's okay. I can do another. I can do a supplemental bye-bye. <laughs> bye-bye.
0: Goodbye. Goodbye.